When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Hopefully everybody had a tremendous and safe Memorial Day weekend. So it feels like a Monday. So let's do kind of a Monday show and bring EJ Raddick on from the NHL Network, NHL Now, between the hours of 4 and 6 Eastern, and also the voice of the Stanley Cup Final for international television. And he joins us here on Game Misconduct. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. That sounds good. Nice to be the voice of something. You've yes. been the voice of many things over the years, so it's kind of cool to be the voice of something. So I'm looking forward to it, working with Kevin Weeks for NHL International, and uh, I think we got a chance to have a really interesting, fun series. Yeah, I think you've got the, um, at least from the seedings-wise, David versus Goliath. You've got the Vegas Golden Knights, who won their conference against the Florida Panther team that was an eight seed. But, boy, you're looking at two teams that really did some damage in the playoffs here, especially in the conference final. Vegas had a little bit of a hiccup losing games four and five, but really in control of that series, taking a 3 nothing series lead, and then the Panthers uh, doing what they did. And uh, just uh, I, I think it's really going to be a fun, fun matchup against uh, – you know, an upstart, you know, an upstart, I guess, Panther team and a Vegas team that's going to the Stanley Cup final, EJ, for the second time in six years. And that's all the six years that they've existed. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I would say that's a good thing for the, you know, if you were a fan and got on board and you won, you've had a pretty good run. And you're probably disappointed in year two. Like, boy, we don't go every year. Yeah, so, right. Uh, it's been a, it's been a great run for them. And, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, where it goes from here. I mean, it's an experienced group. I mean, they have the six guys who were there when they went in 18. And then they've got a number of guys uh, that have won cups in other places. I mean, you know, you got the two guys from the Blues in uh, Barbashev and Petrangelo. You got, you know, uh, Stevenson, who was part of the capital team that beat the Knights in, in 18. Uh, you've got uh, you got a couple of uh, you got Jonathan Quick, who was part of the Kings team that won a couple of cups. Obviously, he's in a different role now, but he has that experience, and I think mm-hmm. I'm missing one or two more. So that's a really experienced group, and uh, you know I would say going in, they have that going for them that they've been to this round before, and in some cases successfully. And the other thing is that that Florida does have this long layoff, which I'd be concerned about because. Uh, you know, it really does stop kind of, you know, the lack of a better term, their momentum that they've rolled, you know. They've, the, the thing they've done really well is they've gone into these series and they've, 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 they've jumped on teams in their building because they've had the road team and all of the – as they will be in this series. And they've been able to get the jump in the series on teams – you know, while they're on the road, and it's been about road wins this year anyway. I mean, we saw another one last night with Vegas. But, you know, you just you wonder uh, with the break, are they going to be able to pick up where they left off and get the jump on a really good, experienced Vegas team? So uh, it, it has the makings of, I think, a really fascinating 
Stanley Cup final. And let's talk about Sergei Bobrovsky for a second. Um, he's obviously a major reason why uh, he and Kachuk, that the Panthers are here. And I was asked this question last week, EJ. I want to throw it at you. Uh, he's won a couple of Esna trophies. If he's able to add a Stanley Cup to his resume, uh, when he's all said and done, he's probably going to be in the top 10 in wins in NHL history because he's got, what, 360 now. Uh, a couple of more seasons will put him over 400, which would crack the top 10 for for wins. Um, is he a Hall of Famer? I think uh, if he wins the Stanley Cup, it's hard to say that he isn't. Yeah. You know? I mean, now, I would say this, that for whatever reason, goalies um, – it seems like there's goalies. It's a harder path to get to the Hall of Fame. I have no idea why, but if you look at the numbers, uh, you know, in terms of guys, you know, that have been that have been uh, elected to the Hall of Fame, there've been fewer goalies than other positions in the last 20, 30 years, whatever it is. So, but I mean, with that many wins, if the case you lay out, two Vesna Stanley Cup, four hundred wins. I would think you're hard pressed not to put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's pretty, and it's really interesting because we talked about this before, EJ. Like, it's so easy to look at the Panthers as a Cinderella story, but a lot of pieces that were a part of that uh, President's Trophy winner last year, and you know, Kachuk's a really good player. Barkoff is a really good yeah, player. A um, really but, good player. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of first round draft picks. Yeah, they, it's. And, it, and listen, if I guess if Pittsburgh doesn't lose to Chicago, we never find out about this. But still. You know, uh, just it really just adds to how sometimes really good teams miss the playoffs, and, and this could have possibly been a championship caliber team that, if things didn't break the right way, would have missed the playoffs completely. So, um, I think it's a testament to how hard it is to get into the playoffs, and and really just yeah, how right. good this team is underneath the debris of what was a really really slow start. Yeah, I think that uh, it's just a reminder, and we talk about it all the time. You know, Johnny, when we talk, I talked about it on my on NHL now, NHL Network all the time, is that this league is tight. And teams, I always say, you could take a team that is out of the playoffs and put them in a seven-game series against a team that is in, and a high-rated team, and you could have a really tight series because it's not always who you play, it's just when you play them. And the Florida Panthers, you know, Bill Lindsay, who is my colleague at NHL Network, who is a, one of the really good analysts, one of the best guys breaking down tape that you'll, you'll find, and is part of that Florida team that won in 96, and he's been around. He lives in Florida. He's been doing the radio for their franchise for many years and TV. And, you know, he we talk quite a bit, and, uh, you know, he said to me in March, he said, EJ, this is a good team. And, you know, he said that we just got everybody back. Because when you think about their season, like Anthony Duclair was out really for three quarters of the season with I think it was an Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. Anthony Duclair is an important piece because he's fast, and when you have a fast player within one of your like a really fast player, it helps push back the defense, and it also it adds an element to your group that maybe you didn't have. So they were missing him. Ekblad had been in and out at different parts of the season. Barkov had been in and out at different parts of the season. Um, they had other injuries within their group. Sam Bennett had been in and out. They never really had their full team together, and it was a new coach and you know some, some significant changes when you think about adding Kachuk to the mix and some other pieces. So they kind of came together, 
kind of around the All-Star break. They had that game against Boston right before the break where they rallied to tie it late, win it in overtime. And, and they started to find their way, and it was still an uphill battle because it's hard to make the playoffs, and they put themselves in a bit of a hole. But they got some good breaks down the stretch. Alex Lyon's story, we all know he came in and played really well. And, and, and so this is, a, you know, this is a team, you know, a lot of the members of this team, they were in the playoffs the last two years. They were President's Trophy winners last year. And now they get Bobrovsky back healthy, and he's been playing really well. So they, they're just feeling it right now, but I go back to what Billy Lindsay said to me in, in March. This is a good team. And, you know, there are a lot of people who say, well, they're an eight seed. They barely got in. You know, this is a hard league, and it's, some, it's harder to make the playoffs now than it ever has been. I'm not big buying on, into the big, they're the big underdog here. I think this is a right. really good team. And if I'm Vegas, I'm kind of pushing back against that. If I'm Bruce Cassidy or part of their management team, like, you know, because there'll be media day on Friday. Listen, they beat the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Carolina Hurricanes. They were three, I think, the top five teams point-wise in the league this year. I'm hard-pressed to think that they're this big underdog all of a sudden. But I think these teams are relatively evenly matched, and I think it's going to be a chance to be a good series. So what do you got? I like Vegas. I like their I like their size on defense. I like their experience within their group. Um, I think the negative is obviously, you know, Aiden Hill hasn't done it before, right? And he's just kind of new on the scene. And they've been able to win with, a, with several different goalies this year. But he's been the guy. I think he made his ninth straight start. It was kind of his 10th straight game uh, last night. He, I don't think he – I think his career, 10 straight starts, is the most he's made. I think that was in Arizona. So, I mean, that's the concern, right? Yeah. But that was the concern going up against Dallas, against Ottinger, right? Like, Ottinger is a, a young goalie, but kind of this really highly thought of young goalie. And, you know, Aiden Hill played very well. And Vegas insulates him. They do a good job. He leaves rebounds, but they do a good job boxing out and controlling the front of the net. That will kind of, I think, probably end up being where the series is won and lost, is if Florida can get to the inside, if Bennett and Kachuk and those guys can get to the inside, you know, get to the blue paint as they have done in other series against a bigger, stronger group of six defensemen that Vegas has, then that will be the area that, yeah. that maybe can turn it for them. But, uh, you know, I think, like I said, I mean, I just worry about, you know, this, this layoff for, yeah. for Florida because they had so much momentum going. And you remember years ago, Johnny, in 03, when, the, you know, the Ducks were kind of a Cinderella story. And they had like 11 days off or 10 days off before their series against the Devils. And, you know, that series ended up going seven games. But, you know, the Ducks in the first two games really weren't very Wrong. good. And it ended up being a homer series where all the home teams won. We'll see, you know, how this plays out. There's some really talented, talented guys in that Florida team. And they've been, they've been on a great run. So, you know, we'll see. But I like Vegas just because I like their group as a whole. Yeah, when you take a look at the goaltending, you look at how Chicago won their three championships and – you look at um, you know, certainly Bennington in, in St. Louis, and you know that they're in Kemper last year in Colorado. That sometimes, listen, you need your goaltender to play well more so than you need a great goaltender. But I, I'm with you. I think that the layoff may hurt Florida. And listen, they're 11 and one in their last 12 games, right? So all of a sudden, you drop a couple. It's not the end of the world, but it just kind of stunts the momentum a little bit. And I, I just feel like it's Vegas's time, right? I mean, go to the Stanley Cup final their first year. They've had two conference final appearances between those two. Missed the playoffs last year, but they've been a consistent, good team. We talked all year. There's Vegas. There's Vegas. We talked up Edmonton. We yep. talked up Dallas. There were so yep. many Western teams we talked up, and yet there Vegas was all year, consistently good 
all season long, consistently good throughout the playoffs, and, and that's why I give them the edge. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, I think Bruce, you know, let's face it, Paul Maurice has done a fantastic job with, uh, you know, with the Florida Panthers this year. But, you know, Bruce Cassidy, there's another thing. Bruce Cassidy was close, you know, when I talk about that experience. Now, Paul was there in 02 with Carolina, so that's a while ago. But Bruce was just there in 19 and uh, and came within a game, right? He, had, mm-hmm. he coached a team that had 15 wins in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's right. Find that last one on home ice. So, I mean, again, I think it'll be just wildly entertaining. We've got two great American, young American players leading their teams. I mean, in, in Jack Eichel in Vegas and, uh, and Matthew Kachuk in Florida. I think we've got some good personalities on both sides. We've got some really articulate coaches. We got some great storylines, and uh, you know we have two franchises that have never won a Stanley Cup, and so one of them is going to walk away with that cup for the first time. And for you know Vegas, and I think a lot will be made of it in the coming days and weeks. I mean, Bill Foley did say when he was interviewed, you know, in the run up to his teams, uh, you know, coming into the NHL, he said, "I think six years, you know, we could win a cup within six years." Mm. Now, Bill Foley, I think maybe was, you know. He was speaking with a, a level of maybe uh, excitement and uh, hype there, but at the end of the day, this is year six. So <laughs> we'll see how it plays out in that regard. But uh, you know, I think it's like I said, I'm really, I'm really interested to see how this one plays out on the ice. The two teams played twice during the regular season. They split their games. Uh, Mark Stone got hurt actually when he was out for most of the for the remainder of the regular season. He got hurt in January against. Florida, but uh, you know they played two close games, and we'll see how they how they look now uh, as we get into June. All right, a couple of quick hits before we let you go. What do you think happened to Dallas? Okay. I just think that Vegas. Uh, I just think Vegas came out and just blew their doors off last night. To be honest with you, I watched the game with uh, my colleagues Jackie Redman and Bruce Boudreaux, and so it was great watching with the coach and, and with Jackie. And um, you know, the first twenty minutes, it just was almost flawless by. By the by, the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, they're big and strong on defense, and you know they get their game, their feet moving, get their game going. They can forecheck you. They get in your face. They make it hard. They're like a swarm. They got four lines. The thing I like about Vegas, I probably said it to you during the year when we talked about them. They're so well slotted. Their first line is a first line. Their second line is a second line. Their third line is a third line. Their fourth line last night was huge in the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, their bottom six guys. He rotates them around, but it was. Uh, it was Nick Waugh with Carrier and uh, Colasar, and those guys accounted for two of the three goals in the first period. So uh, really, really impressed with what they did. The D is big and strong. And I just think for, for Dallas, uh, you know, they, they, they were able to win those two games. I don't necessarily think Vegas was quite at their best, but, but Dallas was on their toes. And I go back to what we said before. This league is so tight, Donnie, mm. that, like, it's a little edge on a night-to-night basis. And I think the urgency level was high for the, uh, for, the, for the Vegas Golden Knights last night. And for whatever reason, it was not quite as high for the Dallas Stars, even though they were the ones that were facing elimination. And, uh, you know, Vegas came in, and I thought Bruce Cassidy before the game, they had the clip on ESPN talking about, you know, hey, we're not looking to chase matchups tonight. You know, we just, you know, just, you know, you got to beat the man across from you. And I think that's really an empowering thing to hear as an athlete that, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's man on man. Let's go get them. And uh, they really did right from the start. It was an impressive start. It was an impressive first period. 
And for Dallas, it's kind of back to the drawing board. And, you know, I'll be curious to see what they do. they got some really high-end young pieces there when you think about Robertson and Hintz and, and Haskinen and Ottinger and goal. But, you know, they have some other guys that are, are getting older. Pavelski was great this year. I don't see any reason why to think he won't be good again next year despite getting older. But, you know, Ben and Sagan, you know, where are they going to be in their careers and, uh, you know, some of the other pieces. I think the Dallas Stars have a lot of talent within their group. And sometimes I wonder if they really believe they can they can be as good as I think they can be, but uh, they just got kind of run over last night in that game. Yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, your thoughts on Spencer Carberry in Washington? Uh, you know he's got history in their organization because he coached the Hershey Bears, so you know they they know him. He's a very highly ta- touted young coach. Um, you know he's somebody that's obviously done well with the media because his you know he, he's. You've heard a lot about him over the last couple of years. He's been in the mix for some different jobs. Um, I think it's a tricky job to go into as a, as a younger and a first-time NHL head coach because they have an older group there. Mm-hmm. So will he mesh with those with the Ovechkins and the Backstroms and those guys? I guess we'll see. But uh, you know, it is his first NHL head coaching job, so I think there is going to be some learning that's going to come with that. I don't know if the Washington Capitals as a group have a lot of time for learning. So uh, we'll see how things go. But they know him. They had him in Hershey there. He did well there. They like him. And so they get there's that familiarity, I think, that works. And he's a fresh face uh, for that franchise, So we'll, you know, or for, that, for the NHL team. So, you know, we'll see how things go there. But uh, I could, all I can tell you is that he has been a very highly thought of. So, you know, and he had the year in the NHL as a, an assistant coach in Toronto. So that probably – did serve him well as well, so we'll see how things go with, with him in uh, in Wash. And I and I and I'll let you go in a second. I, I just looked at like thinking last night that if you know who your coach is, you probably make the announcement now, right? Because you don't have Stanley Cup final till Saturday. You don't want to yeah. you don't want to make any announcements during the final, and it can go two weeks. So, am I to assume yeah. that the Blue Jackets and the Rangers have not made their decision if we don't hear something in the next couple of days? But, uh, you know, I think that you're right. I think there is a window here, right? And talking to, again, talking to Bruce Boudreau last night, and uh, he's, you know, he's familiar with these circumstances, having coached, uh, I guess, in right. four NHL cities, that, uh, you know, he said he was surprised that he hasn't heard, you know, that it's taken this long. We're almost to June, and there haven't been some announcements. But uh, I guess, uh, you know, we're going to see one with the Capitals, and uh, I think over the next two days, maybe we see the Blue Jackets. Step forward. I don't know if there's been a waiting game with with some different guys. If that's a waiting game with Joel Quenville for whatever reason. If it's a waiting game with Mike Babcock for whatever reason. I mean, I guess we know the reason with Quenville. But um, you know, I do. I suspect there'll be at least one other announcement this week, and uh, you know, we'll see. Because you know, Calgary has just kind of started their process. The Rangers have been looking at it for a while. Uh, obviously, the Blue Jackets. So. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and watch, but I think you're right. There's a little window of time here that it's good, it's a good time if you're going to make an announcement. If you've made a decision, uh, now might be the time to make that announcement and have that press conference. All right, I know you got to run. Um, have a great time in Vegas and Florida. You're going to kill it. I'm really looking forward to listening uh, to the highlights because I won't be able to watch live, but. Uh, You'll yep. be calling it for NHL International, will, and you're going to do a great job. I will force them to put highlights on our shows. <laughs> I want to. I want the outlet, and and, and listen. Just between me you and you, I hope you have a comfortable seat. Yes, that was uh, <laughs> last year. Was in Tampa was uh, 
a bit of a for both places. I mean, you know how it goes when you're at a cup final. Yeah. You know, there's a there's several there's several groups calling the game, right? There's radio for both sides. There's national TV in the United States and Canada. There's French TV. There might be a you know another foreign outlet that decides to cover it. Um, so it makes for a lot of different spots and. Uh, NHL International does not get first choice, as you might imagine. And so, uh, you know, we are where we are. I, I'm hoping with the, with the buildings that we have here, both are pretty big buildings. And so hopefully we'll get a good spot. So we'll see. But thank you for that because you understand as well as anyone <laughs> how important that can be. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll kill it, man. We'll talk to you soon. We'll try to work something out next week while this is going on. All right. You got it, buddy. All right. That is the great, and I mean great, EJ Raddick, not only – can you catch him on the NHL Network between the hours of 4 and 6 Eastern? But he's going to be calling the games for NHL International with Kevin Weeks. So looking forward to that. Always does a tremendous job. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now I want to close it out with you at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. David says, if the Coyotes move, which city do you think would be the best place to go? I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think Houston is at the top of the list. It's a major market. I think it's the 10th most populated city in the United States. Does not have a hockey team. Does have a history. Gordy Howe played there with the Houston Arrows. It makes sense to go to Houston. That would complete four uh, professional franchises in Houston with the Texans, the Astros, and the Rockets. I don't see Quebec City. Um, I don't think they want to add an eighth Canadian market. I don't see Kansas City. Um, I don't see Portland, although I think that could be a destination uh, in the future. But I just think Houston makes a natural transition. They're hungry for hockey. They've got an arena. And they don't have to move as far as the, they could stay in the central division. So there's not going to have any changes. If you go to Quebec City, um, other than the fact that it's in adding an eighth Canadian city, is that our, you can't put them in the central division, and then you're going to have to kind of mix and match from there. I just think Houston makes the, mo- uh, the, mo- the best sense. Um, uh, Black Paladinus 117 says, Hockey should be in their playoffs in March and wrapping it up before baseball so more fans have a place to go after football. All right, well... If you're going to have it end in March, now they did have Stanley Cup Finals in March when there used to be a 50-game schedule way back in the in the olden days. Um, I don't know how you fit an 82, and there's actual conversation about going to an 84-game schedule and have it over in March. Uh, when are you going to start, in September? Uh, I just don't think that makes a lot of sense unless you're going to reduce it back to 50 games again. I don't think anybody has an appetite for that. Uh, Philly B says, keep in mind... Don LaGreca, that I'm going to need some good news. Do you think the Buffalo Sabres make the playoffs this coming season? Well, they almost made it this year. So I always ask the question whenever somebody asks me the question, is my team going to make the playoffs next year? And then it is, all right, well, who made the playoffs this year that's not going to make it next year? Because that's the only way it can happen, right? Buffalo can't jump in unless somebody who made the playoffs this year is going to be out. So when you look at the Eastern Conference, if you tell me, oh, Buffalo's going to make it, um, is it Florida, the Islanders? Those were your two wild card teams last year. 
Uh, I don't think Boston, Toronto, and Tampa are going anywhere in the Atlantic Division. Um, you've got to look at Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers. I don't think they're going anywhere either. So the question is, what happens with the Islanders? Do they continue to take a step back? I think that's your best avenue. Does Florida have a cup hangover if they happen to win this year and not make it? I don't see that. But I like when when you look at the teams like Pittsburgh, Ottawa, Detroit, Washington, Philadelphia, teams that missed last year, I put Buffalo at the top of the list of teams that could take the next step. But, again, the question becomes what team is not going to make it. Um, Rob asks, do you think Peter Laviolette is a good fit for the New York Rangers? It seems a lot of fans do not want him. Was curious to hear what you think. Well, I, I love Peter Laviolette. I, I've loved him for a long time. I've known him for a long time. Uh, we had a relationship back in the day, um, which was interesting. When he became the coach of the Islanders, I did a Saturday show on then 1050 ESPN New York, and I had him on every Saturday. He was a weekly guest. Um, and then we got to know each other doing some NHL Live, I think when he was in between the Carolina job and the Philly job. So I've known him. I think he's a great guy. And, and here's the history. All right, he goes to the Islanders, his first head coaching job. The Islanders had not made the playoffs since, what was it, 94. Uh, he takes the job over in 2002. They go to the playoffs three straight years. Um, that which was Now, they never got out of the first round, but that was very rare for the Islanders to all of a sudden become a perennial playoff team, thanks to Peter Laviolette. Goes to Carolina, bang, Stanley Cup in 2006. Goes to Philadelphia, bang, Stanley Cup final appearance in 2010. Goes to Nashville, bang, they go to the Stanley Cup final in um, in 2017. It, it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish. Now, he did not have that kind of success in Washington, but it was an older team, Backstrom hurt, um, different uh, changes in goaltending. You know, Carlson missed most of the season this year. As I mentioned, Backstrom missed most of the season. I really thought he got a raw deal there in Washington. So Washington's really the only place that he has not seen any kind of success, just going to the playoffs the one time and getting bounced in the first round. I think he would be a great selection. My personal theory, and again, I haven't talked to anybody with the Rangers to give any kind of confirmation on this, I feel like they might be waiting to see what happens with Pittsburgh and Mike Sullivan. Uh, that just makes sense, right? I mean, even if you like Peter Laviolette, even if he's at the top of your list, aren't you kind of curious to see what happens with Sullivan? So I, 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 would, I would suspect my guess is the Blue Jackets will make an announcement either today or tomorrow. I think the Rangers are going to wait till after the Stanley Cup final. All the work's already done for the draft. Not a big deal to not have a coach of the draft. Wouldn't it make sense to kind of see, does, du- does uh, Dubas go to Pittsburgh? Does he bring Keefe with him? and then let Sullivan go, and then loosen Sullivan up, who's got a history here. He's an assistant coach under John Tortorella. Um, he's had one, multiple cups in Pittsburgh. So are you waiting on that? Are you waiting for the league to clear Joel Quinville? It sounds like there's a few things up in the air. If I had to guess, Peter Laviolette's probably the safer hire, meaning you don't have to wait on what's happening in Pittsburgh. You don't have to go through the PR disaster that you might have selecting Joel Quinville to be head coach. Um, and then Peter Laviolette can be a safe landing, played for the Rangers back in his brief NHL career, kind of makes a lot of sense, very familiar with the division. He's coached the Islanders, coached the Philadelphia Flyers, coached the Carolina Hurricanes, coached the Washington Capitals. I mean, he's had a lot of a lot of knowledge of all the teams that are in that division, right? So um, he's got to feel pretty good about that. So uh, that's if I, had to, if I was a betting man, I'd say that Laviolette seems to be the destination, but uh, if you don't hear... Because this, cause as we said with EJ, we have the window now. The Stanley Cup Finals not until Saturday. Nobody wants to announce a coach during the Stanley Cup Final. If you remember the heat that Patrick Waugh 
was under when he retired during the 2003 Stanley Cup final. They felt that pulled a lot of attention away, plus a lot of media that might cover the press conference will be in Vegas or Florida, so you don't want to do that. So if you don't make the announcement, I'd say today or tomorrow, then you're probably looking at not having to make the announcement until after the Stanley Cup final is over. So are you using that time to decide? I would think if you already know who it is, now's the time. Washington made their announcement. I have a feeling Columbus is going to make their announcement soon. If it is Peter Laviolette, they're not going to wait for Sullivan. They're not going to wait for Joel Quinville to clear. It's not going to be Mike Babcock. Why not make the announcement now? Um, and then, like I said, uh, Friday is when media day is, so that's when everybody's going to start to take off on Thursday to go to the Stanley Cup final. So the window is really, really today or tomorrow. So if you don't hear anything by, I think, the end of business day Wednesday, sneaking suspicion is the decision has not been made yet and you will not get uh, a decision until after the Stanley Cup final, which could be two weeks if it goes seven. It could be even more than that, so so we'll see. So thanks for everybody participating today. It was a lot of fun. Um, let's all right. There's not any. If anything, ha- here, here's where we'll leave it. If anything major happens with a coaching announcement, we will jump on and certainly do a podcast. Otherwise, I think I'm going to wait till next Monday and dive into the Stanley Cup final. We'll have already started. Game one is going to be on Saturday, so we'll have that to dissect coming up. So we'll be looking forward to that. And then um, Monday would be game two. So we'll get a preview of, of, of the game to recap what happened on Saturday and get you caught up. So right now, I think we'll be back with you with a podcast on Monday. If something significant happens between then, uh, from between now and then, I will jump in with a podcast. I'll let you know on social media if I do that. Best way to get in touch with me is Twitter at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Have some fun. Hopefully everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the Stanley Cup Final on Saturday. Enjoy some time off before we get to uh, the Stanley Cup Final between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. We'll talk to you again likely next Monday. This was the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct Podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.